0: Uh, well, as the saying goes, Houston, we have a problem, uh, because, as we just showed, um, most of us don't like change, and when I say most, man, a lot of you don't like change. Y'all know we're building a new church, right? Just, I want to throw that out there for all you people. I don't like change. Oh, I'm excited about the new church, though, Pastor, okay? Just just know all this ties in together. So we have a problem, and is, is, that problem is that most of us inherently don't like change, uh, But that kind of butts heads with what God wants to do in our lives. And that's what I want to talk to you about to kick off 2022. Uh, We're going to talk about spiritual transformation. That's that's spiritual change. And uh, it's really important we have this discussion because in uh, in our, our human nature, we call that the flesh, in our flesh, we don't naturally want the things that God wants. Okay? We don't naturally want the things that God wants. And so what I'm going to submit to you this morning is what if... That, that, that desire in you, what you just said is, I don't desire change. What if that desire in you is not of God? Just think through that for a second. Right? We know that the flesh doesn't want things of the Spirit. So what if that desire, it was, it was well over 97% of the room, something like that. Like, like literally, what if that desire in us... Uh, is, is something that's not of God. So I, I want to consider that with you this morning. Three things I want to share. And, and here's the first. I think it's really, really important that we understand as Christians that God's goal for our life as followers of Jesus is transformation. Let me say that again. God's goal for our life as followers of Jesus is transformation. It's transformation. Another word for that, by the way, y'all, is change. Deal with it. Okay. God's goal for our life as followers of Jesus is transformation, right? And, and we love to focus on the welcoming nature of Jesus, don't we? Right? I mean, we love to think about, Je- man, Jesus was so loving. He just called everyone to himself. He did. Man, Jesus called all kinds of broken people to himself. In fact, it says this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and, and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. We love that Jesus, don't we? That's the Jesus we like to think about. That's the Jesus our world likes to talk about. This Jesus, He's welcoming of all people, but guess what? When Jesus called those broken people to himself, that wasn't the end of the story. When broken people came to Jesus, he then made them whole, he healed them, he saved them, and then he sent them off with an expectation that because of the love they received, They would live differently. They would be changed, right? We see that in John chapter 5. We talked about this story not long ago. Jesus Jesus heals a man that's uh, lying by the pool of Bethesda. Uh, He's been there for 38 years, the scripture says. After he's healed, he says, get up, take your mat and walk. Then Jesus goes and finds the man. It says this in John 5, 14. He finds him and says, see, you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. He's saying, "Now, now you go, but stop sinning. Be changed, right? The, the story of the woman caught in adultery in John eight eleven. Uh, remember, he, he says, like hey, hey all the oldest men drop the stones first, and then all the youngest drop their stones. You know, he, he, he who's not sinned, cast, cast the first stone. And they're like, oh my gosh. And they drop their stones. And, and Jesus says, hey, look around. Who, who's left to condemn you? Uh, no one, Lord. And, and Jesus says, well, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, Do not sin anymore. He says, now go and and sin no more. Is how my old NIV Bible used to put it, right? And so here's what I'm saying to you this morning. As we begin a brand new year, what I'm going to say to you this morning is that that's what God wants for your life as well. God actually wants His goal for you, for me, is to live a changed life. That's what He wants, right? Uh, God's goal for us is that we would meet Jesus, that we would be transformed We'd be, we'd be changed, uh, not, not just in a moment, uh, but, but from that moment on. That we would meet Jesus, we'd be made whole, we'd be impacted by His love, and because of that love, we would spend the rest of our lives trying to be like the one that had loved us. Okay? Trying to be different. To be changed, to be transformed. Paul puts it this way in Second Corinthians 3.18. He says, we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is spirit. So the first point of this new year is that God wants a new you. That's it. God wants a new you. God's goal for your life as a follower of Jesus is transformation. So that's the first thing I want you to know. Second thing is just knowledge based here. Is, is, is that this progressive work of change in the Christian life is known as sanctification? This progressive work of change in the Christian life is known as sanctification. All right, now that's a big churchy word. Okay, we throw that one around with another word that I'll talk about in a second. But that big churchy word, sanctification, is really important for us to understand. It's not just one of those things that, like concepts that like we shouldn't grasp. This is a concept we need to grasp, all right? Because the, the, the Bible says we've been, we've, been, uh, we've been justified, and it says now we're, we're supposed to be sanctified in Christ. So I want to talk about what it is. I think it's worthwhile to spend a little time. So I'm going to give you a definition. Um, this, is, this comes out of uh, Wayne Grudem's book, Systematic Theology. And this is how he defines sanctification. He says, Sanctification is a progressive work of God, and man that makes us more and more free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. Okay, I'll say that one more time. That sanctification is a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. And and when I hear that definition, I think of four C's, okay? So sanctification involves these four C's. Uh, One, it involves continuation. Sanctification is a continuing work. Right. It's not something that was just once and it's done. Right. Sanctification, me becoming uh, transformed into the image of Jesus is supposed to be a continuing work in my life. That's the first C. The second C is is cooperation. Right. It, It says it's a progressive work of God and man. Right. Sanctification is about me cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about what that looks like here in a second. The third C, I use the word consecration or consecrated, right? It says that literally it's a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin, right? Think about the Old Testament sacrifice, uh, sacrificial system. They would consecrate things, right? Things that were unholy would be made holy, and they would be set apart for the Lord's use. They'd be different, Right? Guess what? The Bible says that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be consecrated, set apart. Uh, we're supposed to be holy as He is holy, right? And so it's this progressive work of cooperation where I'm sanctifying, like I'm, I'm becoming more and more holy in my life so that God can use me for His purposes. You guys following me? And so it's this consecration. And last C, of course, is Christ is that sanctification's goal is that I would look like Christ. Like that's the goal. I look in the mirror, more and more, I see more and more Jesus in me every day. That's the goal. I'm not going to ask how that's going this morning. It's a new year. We're here to turn the page, okay? We're here to start afresh. We're here to start afresh. And so, uh, I, and I just want to say this, that this concept of sanctification is very different from, from salvation. Uh, the, the big churchy word for salvation is justification. Uh, that, we, that when we meet Christ, and we are justified. And so, so I just want to kind of put these things together real quick. I know this is very heady, uh, but I just think it's important that we understand it because it sets up the rest of our series this month, okay? So, so here's what justification is. Justification, uh, also known as salvation, is all about legal standing, right? So, uh, so, so when, um, when, when we are saved... Uh, We're justified. There's a legal declaration. God keeps books. And legally, we are declared uh, free from sin and full of righteousness. Like all those things transpire in God's heavenly books. So so it's a big time. So justification is about our legal standing before God. Uh, It's once for all time. Uh, Once you are saved, you're always saved. Once you're justified, you are justified. You can't undo the justification. That's not how that works. So it's a a one-time thing, which is really uh, cool. It's entirely God's work. Uh, Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father draws him to himself, right? And so we don't, like, stumble into uh, Jesus. That's not how it works. Uh, If you're hearing my my voice or or somebody, that you could have accepted Christ uh, 20 years ago, you could have accepted Christ 20 minutes ago, you might accept Christ in 20 minutes. Uh, And and the truth is that that you only do that because God takes uh, man's obedience, which God calls us to go and to preach the good news, and he uses that man's obedience, right? But it's It's God that has to bring your heart to life. It's God that has to reach out and suddenly the words have meaning and you have want. And we we talk about God wooing us to himself. Suddenly we're like, why why am I walking down an aisle? What is this about? This is ridiculous. This isn't me. And and it's God bringing you to life. It's an entirely a work of God. We're just surrendering to it. Uh, Justification is perfect in this life. It's perfect in this life. Once you're justified, you're justified forever. You don't have to add to that. You don't have to add your salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo. Amen. Um, Don't have to add to saved. Right? It's awesome. It's totally done. Uh, And and finally, justification is the same in all Christians. Right? That that's we're, we're all equal. We're all equal heirs. We're all brothers and sisters. We have equal standing before God, and we've all we we we've all received the same gift of salvation. Isn't that awesome? Like, like, justification is cool, right? But so is this thing we're talking about. When we talk about transformation or we talk about uh, sanctification. So, here's the deal with sanctification. It is, it is not a legal declaration. It's an internal condition. Sanctification is about my heart uh, surrendering more and more and more to the Holy Spirit that I would become more and more and more like Christ and less and less and less like me. It's an internal condition in my heart, right? Right? Uh, sanctification is, is not a once and for all thing. It is a continuous process throughout my life. That's why we call it progressive. If you've ever gone to a progressive dinner, right? You go to one place, and then you go to another place, and then you go to another place. That's how our Christian lives should work. Uh, we should be progressively moving forward. Some of us are here because we feel like the last few years, we've just hit a halt, or maybe we feel like we put it in reverse. We're, we're here to move forward, y'all. That's what we're here for, Right? And so it's as continuous throughout life. Uh, sanctification is, is, is not entirely God's work. It's cooperation between us and God, right? Which is cool. It's, this is, the Bible would call it walking in the spirit. Uh, believe it or not, every day you get to wake up and choose whether or not you're going to surrender to God's will for your life, right? We, we get, like, so so I, I tell you, put on the full armor of God. That's a choice. You can be an idiot and choose not to do it, and it's going to bite you in the butt, okay? Or you, you can understand, I'm in spiritual warfare. I've got to wake up. I've got to put on the armor. I've got, I've got to be prayed up. I've got, to have, I've got to have my Bible ready, the sword of the Spirit. Right. So, so like you, you, you're going to make a choice, right? You're going to make a choice. And so we get to cooperate with God. Uh, Sanctification is not perfect in this life. It's not perfect in this life. You know when you'll be fully sanctified? When you meet Jesus. That's it. That's when it's finished. So either when you die and you go to be with the Lord or when he comes back. That's when, that's when it finishes, right? Which is, which is cool because some of you woke up this morning, looked in the mirror and thought, man, I need to go to church because I'm not killing it, right? That means you just, you're just not there yet and, and that's okay. Uh, but, but there should be some progress. And, and finally, uh, sanctification is greater in some than in others. Unlike justification, it's not the same for all Christians. There are more saintly people than others, right? And so, some of you know those people, you're like, I don't know, my grandma, she's just so, she's so godly. Well, that's because she spends more time on it than you do. Quite frankly, that's what it is. And, and so, so she, she, she cooperates more with the Holy Spirit than you are. And, and so when you look at somebody, and you go, man, they're just so godly. they so, like, what's so different about them? What's different about them is this process of sanctification. They're further along in the process because they're cooperating more than you are. Right? And so it's different in all people. So the first thing I want you to know, guys, is that God's goal for you is transformation. Like if you know Christ, God's goal for you is change. Okay? The second thing I want you to know is that it's a progressive work. It's known as sanctification. So when you read your Bibles and you, you hear the word sanctify or sanctification, that's what it's talking about. It's talking about what we're talking about this morning. talking about transformation. And the last thing I want to share with you this morning is, is that this interaction... Uh, The interaction with the Word of God is crucial to this process, right? Interaction with the Word of God is crucial to this process, right? God's goal for our lives is change. I'm going to tell you this morning that uh, our city needs it. Our world needs it. They need us to be changed, okay? Changed people change people. That's how it works. That's how it works. We're going to build... A new facility, this is just a facility, this isn't a church, the church is the people. We're going to build a new facility where the church will gather. It's bigger, it has more room, because more people are moving to Elgin. But guess what, those people that are moving, when they walk through the doors, aren't going to be changed unless we're changed. Right? And we'll just have a bunch of babies running around. They'll, they'll meet Jesus. They'll have some baby change. And then, and then we're just all babies. They're going to need some mature, some changed people to help bring about change in their lives. And that kind of change we're talking about, that, that deep level of change, y'all, it only happens by interacting with the Word of God. By interacting with the Word of God through the Bible, hearing it preach. Reading it, meditating on it, discussing it with other Christians, applying it to your lives. It is critical to spiritual transformation. I want you to listen to what Jesus says. Uh, He's praying for his disciples, he's about to uh, go away, he's about to be killed. Uh, he's, he's going to die, he's going to be buried, he's going to rise again, he's going to hang out 40 days, send to heaven. Uh, so he's praying in John 17 for his disciples. And this is what he says, John 17, 14 through 17. He says, uh, God, I, I, Father, I've given them your word. The world hated them because they're not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Get this, here's our word. Sanctify them by the truth. Jesus prayed you'd be sanctified. He prayed that we would be transformed. He says, Sanctify them by the truth. And then get this, what's the truth? Your Word is the truth. How are we sanctified? How are we transformed? Through the Word of God. Right? Your Word, the Bible, is the truth. It's what will transform us. Paul writes this in Romans 12. He says, don't be conformed to this age, but be, there's our word again, transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Somebody says, well, pastor, how is my mind transformed? Ready? It's transformed, Philippians 4, 8, and 9. By thinking about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely or admirable, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, Paul says, think about such things. My mind is transformed when I think about it. You say, well, what is that? Well, that's only the Word of God that's pure and lovely and noble and right. It's only the Word of God. So the more time I spend interacting with the Word of God, the more I I become like the Son of God. So the Word of God is, is crucial, and so uh, here's what we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about. Uh, next three weeks, I want to invite you to come back, That's a big, a big push this morning, come back for three weeks, and we're going to talk about how, how we hope to see that play out in our midst through what we do, okay, through what we do. There's three uh, really important components we'll talk about over three weeks, uh, but all of them have to do with this concept of interacting with, with the Word of God, okay, and, uh, and, and so here's what's become a core belief in your pastor, uh, therefore kind of in, in what we're trying to do as, as a church. And so here it is. Uh, our core belief is that transformation happens through the Word, happens through the Word. Everything's got to be Bible-based, y'all. Everything. Uh, I, I came here almost 12 years ago hiring a dumb 33-year-old dude, and I said, Listen, I don't have any answers, but I will only teach the Bible. That's it. So we're not we're not going to do the whole baptisty. You can't do this. You can't do that. We're just going to what the Bible says is what we'll do. Okay, we're going to do we're going to be cool with tension in the Bible. We're going to be okay saying I don't have all the answers. Like, I don't know how this and this are both true, but they are. They're both in the Bible. Okay, so the Bible is 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 our guide. So listen, it's transformation through the Word. Everything's Bible based, but but here's our belief: we, we we don't see a lot of people in the Bible. Uh, studying the Bible uh, in isolation. Okay, we, we we don't. In fact, when the Holy Spirit comes, the church is born. When the holy, this is huge, y'all. When the Holy Spirit comes, it didn't become uh, 120 people going to live on an island by themselves. When the Holy Spirit came, the church was born. The gospel was proclaimed with power uh, because that's what they received when they received the Holy Spirit was power to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. They received power. Peter preached in power that it was, it was these people that killed Jesus. Their, their hearts were pricked. They were, they were struck. And, 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 and all those people came to the Lord in one day. 3,000 people added to their number one day, one sermon. And the church was birthed. And I would submit to you that the Word of God, which was then taught in that church daily, they submitted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, and to the fellowship of saints. That daily, they submitted themselves to the Word, but they always did it in community. In community. And you want to know why I think that's important? Because we all come to the Word of God with what we call presuppositions. Uh, they're, they're, they could be things that you think, a lot of times they're so deep, uh, they're actually hurts that we've experienced that change the way that we view Scripture. And, and the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. So I, I need my, my good friend Buddy occasionally to call me out. And occasionally he needs me to call him out. We've had those conversations. Pastor, I never thought about it you said this word. I said, whoa, and, and Buddy will say something to me. Man, that's a good word for me, right? And So, so we need all of us, to interact with the Bible, and we, we do that through, through hearing preaching, we do it through studying Scripture, uh, we, we do it through meditating on Scripture, now that's personal, but we also do it through discussing Scripture with one another, okay? And, 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 and this transformation, us interacting with the Bible and applying it, actually happens best when we spend time with other believers. All right, so that's a core value. You're going to hear about it over the next three weeks. It's transformation through the Word in community. It, it, it's it's literally becoming part of our DNA here. So it's a deep belief. All right. So so what do what do we do when we understand this truth that God wants to change us, and most of us don't like change? All right. So here's here's where we start. Step one. Step one. Uh, we, we've got to we've got to receive Jesus. Right. We have to accept Christ. Guess what? There is no there is no sanctification. There's no transformation without Jesus. Alright? And, and, and maybe you're here, and you have tried uh, what you think. You've, you've tried religion. And religion is exhausting. Anybody else like, just want to confess that? Religion is exhausting. Uh, because you don't have any power to do what the Bible calls you to do. And so if you've tried church before, and said, well, well I attended church, and I tried to stop cussing, and I tried to stop drinking, my life's still a mess. Well, that, if you haven't received Christ, you don't have peace. You don't have peace. He himself is our peace. So you're tired, you're weary, you're burdened, uh, you're heavy laden, and, and maybe you've, you've gone to a place where that's what it seemed like you showed up and the guys just gave you a bunch of commands and you showed up. Well, you can't drink and you can't smoke and you can't do this and you can't do that. You can't do that. And, and you walked away so burdened that you thought, I, I'll never be good enough for God. Well, that's kind of how the Pharisees taught. And, and they taught that you had to live such a, a, a level of righteousness and, and people would hear that message and they were so overwhelmed that they would walk away with no hope. But Jesus himself is our hope. He's, he's fulfilled all the law. He's fulfilled every stroke of the letter of the law. Okay, He's done that for us. So here's the deal. He wants to change you, but that doesn't happen until you receive him. And, and if you're here and you've never done that, it's not a complicated process. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek and save sinners like us. It's okay that you don't love him right now. He still loves you. He loves you so much. This is love. Not that we love Christ, right? Not that we love God, but that God loved us and he sent his one and only son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, okay? And anyone who believes in him will be saved. That's it. So you say, okay, Jesus, I, I've heard that you came to die for me. That's what Christmas is about, his birth. The cross is about his death. He was born to die. He did that for me. God, come into my life and forgive me my sins. I, I, don't, I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm a little scared, but just, just here I am. Pray that prayer, man, God will take care of the rest. So that's step one. Uh, don't even get to the change part unless you get to the start with the Christ part, okay? Uh, Jesus is the only one that can change you, period, all right? So we start there. Second, though, after we've received Christ, uh, we have to get in the word, All right, we have to get in the Word. Um, Now, uh, I know it is January, and some of you are like, Bible reading plans. Yep, Uh, we do a little different here every year. We start our Bible reading plan in February. I know that sounds weird. We have a church-wide Bible reading plan we put out in February because we want a month to talk to you about how we do life here. Okay, and we'll be talking about our process of discipleship, and we're going to do this kind of every uh, every January. Uh, it'll look different. This this year's different than what we talked about last year. Some of the same DNA though. Um, so we have a Bible reading plan churchwide that starts in February. Uh, some of our adult Sunday school classes it links with them. Uh, if, if you get into a D group, which we'll talk about what that is, all that stuff links together. It's really really good. Okay. However, uh, that doesn't mean that you should wait till February to read your Bible. I said pastor, what should I read? Uh, well, we have this amazing thing called the Google. Uh, and you can go to the Google and you type in a thirty-day Bible reading plan. It will give you something, I promise. Uh, if you want something easy, read the book of First John, five chapters. Uh, do do it, you know, a, a chapter a day, and and just reread it for thirty days. Dude, you will know the book of First John so well, you'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm a First John scholar. It's awesome. Okay, uh, if you not pick the pick the Gospel of John, read a chapter a day, and we'll be ready when we hit February to hit the ground running. Okay, our Bible reading plans, by the way, they're five days. of... A, a week. Uh, we give you two days off to catch up. Um, there's scripture memory that comes with it. Again, we'll talk about all those things, how that works in community. Um, but get in the word. Don't wait until February. Everybody got it? Okay? We're not waiting until when? Not waiting till February. Start reading now. You probably have like ten devotionals sitting on your shelves that you're not using, okay? Grab one of them. It'll be okay. Alright, so lastly, uh, this is a big challenge. I want to ask you to please, it's number three, come back and learn about the importance of community. Okay, so we're talking about spiritual transformation. The big kicker, not only that God wants to change your life, but that that change is going to happen through community. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, community in worship. We're going to talk about community in Bible study. And get this, then this is crazy part. uh, The last week, we'll actually talk about the importance of community in your personal study. What? It's true. You need community even in your personal study. So uh, that's what the next three weeks looks like. I want to challenge you to jump in. I want to encourage you that God wants to change you, that he can change you. If you've been feeling kind of the, we can get on track, it's okay. God is here for you. He wants to do this in your life. All right? Everybody got it? Okay. Uh, Last thing, I'm going to leave with this. This morning, we've covered some some big topics. Okay? Remember... God's goal, transformation through the word in community, uh, we've done you this great favor. If you've downloaded our digital sermon notes, there are some questions that you can talk about with whoever you came today. Go home, talk about them over lunch. All right, You can invite somebody else out to lunch, talk about them. You can hang out in this building. We'll leave the lights on for you and talk about I think there's like six or seven questions this week. But the goal is to interact with the word of God. I'm changed through the Word in community. How am I changed through the Word? I've got to think about it. I've got to talk about it. I've got to talk about how to apply it. If you'll do that, you'll show up next week different, I promise. All right? Okay, I'm going to pray for us. Thank you for being here. Father, we love you. Thank you for being so good. Thank you for your Word. This morning, we want to collectively say, Yes, Lord, we accept this truth that we are designed, uh, we are saved in order to be changed. God, help us do that. Uh, Help us want that, Uh, Jesus. Show us our need for that. We pray all this in your holy, holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen, amen, amen.